why don't we get started? Um, I want to welcome everyone to this edition of the uh, Elevate Fireside Chat. Um, we're organizing this to bring the Elevate community together, obviously, in, in unprecedented times like this. Um, first, I hope everyone is you know, safe and their families are safe, et cetera. Um, and second, um, I've heard and, and I totally know and, and hear the uncertainty and anxiety uh, from students and young professionals um, from kind of all, all over the country. So, you know, in times like this, kind of a couple of things that I'll say is that there's, there's just so much going on that's out of our control. It is really important to, I think, have a focus on what you can control, which, you know, namely are continue to learn, building your skill sets, connecting with people, and also building experiences, right? So when this situation is like finally under control, which it will be, it will be important to then have built enough of the skills, knowledge, and experience that you need to continue to push forward and accelerate. So thus, we wanna provide you guys with the resources like this and connections to professionals and student leaders that will help you learn from their experience, to hear from behind the scenes of what you need to know as you go into you know, internships, recruiting, et cetera, and jobs, um, and three, to provide a community for everyone. Um, I'm just going through the attendee list. It's amazing to see how many people have joined here. Um, you know, as an intro, Elevate is a national career resource network. You can visit elevatelab.org to see all the free content that we have available. And if you do want more, we just released our super popular, you know, career mastery training. Um, there's one on private equity, which features professionals from Goldman, Carlisle, Apollo, you know, Citadel, Bridgewater, HIG, et cetera. Um, we are doing a discount on that and there's a few spots left. So if you guys want that, you can take that. And also um, there's an investment banking training that's coming out, which will be taught from folks from like GS, MS, JP, Centerview, Blackstone, et cetera. So for us, it's career training for these top careers, designed and taught by professionals and accessible to everyone. So let's get started. Today's session will be organized as follows. About 40, 45 minutes of panel style Q&A across five topics on the questions that you guys submitted. Um, so the five main topics will be behind the scenes of investment banking experience, uh, career paths, recruiting, impact of COVID, the current market on jobs and internships, um, as well as market outlook for investment banking, M&A, finance, et cetera. And then we'll follow that up with live Q&A. So if you guys have questions ongoing, just submit them on the chat, like right now and going forward. Um, if you don't want to do that, you can email projectelevatelab at gmail.com uh, if, if you don't want to do that. So now on to our distinguished panel. Uh, these are some of the best young professionals and student leaders you know, from around the country. Um, quick, quick just overview. Paul, um, IBD at Goldman. Keith, IBD at Stiefel. Julia, incoming IBD at Lazard. Houston, incoming IBD at Tree, And Amol, incoming IBD at Credit Suisse. Um, they're, they are and were also student leaders at their respective colleges. So I'll have them just do a quick intro. I'm Kaushik, the founder of Elevate, and, uh, and then we can uh, jump right in. Great. Um, thanks a lot for having me, Kaushik. Um, hey, everyone. My name is Paul. I'm an analyst at Goldman in the Financial Institutions Group. I'm graduated from Harvard this past year. Um, in Harvard, I studied statistics. Um, in terms of background, just really quick, growing up, I'd say I spent most of my time playing sports, in particular golf. Um, you know, competed in many golf tournaments on both statewide, regional, national, and international, and heading to college. I was playing for the Harvard varsity golf team, and you know, really I was considering a career in golf professionally. Um, but I think one of the great things about college is that you get to meet many different people from different backgrounds and interests. So I learned a lot about different industries, and finance especially stuck out to me. Um, and, you know, just broadly speaking, it seemed like finance was a very broad, exciting space. Um, where number one, there are probably opportunities where 
you know, I could work with really intelligent and interesting people. And number two, where I can work in a technical environment um, and do financial analysis. And I was interested in the math portion of that as well. So did a bunch of internships um, in, um, you know, financial advisory, uh, wealth management, hedge funds to get a sense of what I liked and what I didn't like about certain areas of finance. And after I did an internship at Jeffrey's in oil and gas investment banking, I knew, you know, investment banking is what I really enjoyed. It's what I want to do and did my internship at Goldman um, my junior summer and um, took the full-time offer. So um, yeah, really excited to be here. Yeah, so uh, I'm a full-time host right now at Stiefel. Um, and so I graduated from the University of Maryland in May. Um, right out of high school, I had an internship at the National Institutes of Health because I'm originally, originally from Bethesda, right outside DC. Um, doing some HR work there, trying to make some money before I got to college. Uh, and then in college, I um, majored in accounting and finance. So I kind of took that finance background to an internship with the SEC my first summer. Um, and then I wanted to try out the, the other major. So the next summer I went to Fannie Mae doing internal audit. So I did more of my accounting work there um, and kind of combined that client service skill set from the NI, from human resources at the NIH, kind of the analytical skill set from the SEC um, and more of that accounting minded focus uh, from Fannie Mae to, to parlay that into investment banking. Um, it kind of, the reason that I chose investment banking, it kind of combined the best um, of all three of those worlds, the, the parts that I could. Um, and so I interned at Stiefel full time, or as, as an intern, uh, my summer out of junior year, and then got the full time offer for the next year. Um, so I've seen, as a, I'm a generalist right now, Stiefel, so I've seen kind of across industrials and diversified services. So right now, I'm in the transportation and education groups, um, but I've also worked on deals within infrastructure, um, within building products, a little bit of tech enabled services. Um, and kind of waste management environmental services. So I've kind of seen deals uh, across the spectrum there. Um, and so I've been full-time since July and I'm enjoying it so far. Awesome. Um, hi everyone, I'm Julie Weidman. Um, I'm originally from Tucson, Arizona, but I'm now in Durham, North Carolina and a senior at Duke. So I actually came into college with absolutely zero financial knowledge and really started to build that base um, through one of our investment clubs and the coursework here. Um, I'm an economics major and I did uh, two different summers within finance. So started at uh, Morgan Stanley in their sales and trading division and then uh, wanted to see kind of in comparison what banking was like. So uh, interned at Lazard in their investment banking decision and found that uh, getting to work with companies at really important uh, and strategic moments was significant for me and and the team-based environment specifically with within investment banking is something I really like and you get kind of automatic mentors and and learning experiences so I'm headed back and excited to do so. Awesome um, hi everyone my name is Amol Otia I'm a senior at Rutgers I will be graduating this May uh, virtually I guess um, with degrees in industrial engineering and economics um, I first kind of came into school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, um, obviously studying engineering, so I'd always really wanted to pursue a career that was very analytical, uh, data-driven. Um, I kind of got introduced to finance through various finance clubs on campus, and my first internship was after my freshman summer at Princeton University Investment Company. Um, working uh, for their endowment management group there. 
Um, afterwards, I came back to the Rutgers Endowment, uh, started working on the investment side and kind of realized that career in finance is definitely what I wanted to pursue. Um, interned at a boutique investment bank my sophomore year summer and then was at Credit Suisse last summer uh, within the financial sponsors group and very excited to go back full time. Uh, hi everyone, my name is Houston. I'm senior at Yale from Wisconsin. Um, Midwest kind of a nice place to be right now. Uh, and I'm majoring in economics. Uh, in the past few years, I've had the pleasure of being part of the Yale Student Investment Group um, and this year leading it as well. I spent a couple summers in banking so far, uh, most recently last summer with LionTree, um, which is a smaller boutique focused on tech, media, and entertainment uh, deals but I'm headed back there full time and I'm very excited. I kind of saw investment banking as something that would uh, only train me and open more doors um, regardless of, of where I see my career going. So excited to talk today. Excellent, all right, let's 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 jump in. Awesome, so um, I think we're gonna start first just talking about um, the investment banking analyst experience. Uh, so our first question is, um, for both Paul and Keith, like, if you guys could talk about your first six to eight month on the job and what have been your keys to success within the analyst role um yeah sure so i guess to just kick it off um it's been really really good i've enjoyed it a lot um you know from a high level like what investment bankers do is we provide strategic and financial advice to clients um, to help them solve their problems whether it's you know a capital raise whether they want to sell a part of the business sell their entire business or you know, growing organically, um, we help provide solutions and execution for those. Um, so, you know, as an analyst, that work entails um, kind of, you know, building and preparing presentation materials um, that we're going to take to to the client. Um, so, you know, and in my experience, it's been really, really good. Um, you know, just being in in that role, you get to do a lot of market research, learn a lot about different, you know, industries and companies. Um, and you're preparing sort of the, the valuation and financial analysis and being very close to the numbers. Um, so, you know, that's the type of work that we do. So with that context in mind, like I've, I've really enjoyed my, my experience so far. Um, they start you off like pretty slow, I'd say, but then gradually they, you know, the responsibility ramps up um, pretty, pretty, um, pretty significantly. And you get to be working on really exciting projects and, um, you know, learning a ton along the way. Um, so I guess that's an overview of, of like the first like few months and what we, we do in investment banking. Yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, I'd say pretty similar. Um, I think the deal teams in the middle market are a little bit thinner. So uh, from the beginning, I was kind of drinking from the fire hose and it was, it was a lot at once, but you do learn a lot um, and you get up to speed pretty quickly. Um, as far as keys to success go, I would say just being a sponge and just soaking up as much knowledge as possible, especially from the beginning, is extremely important because there's a lot of information there and there's a, no a lot of knowledge there that you're not going to necessarily learn from your from your guys that you're studying for interviews or you're not necessarily going to learn them from college. Um, so I think kind of making sure that you are asking as many questions, thoughtful questions as possible that you're really just learning as much as possible from the start is the key to, and, and really absorbing as much information um, would be, I think, one of the major keys to success. And then always having that mentality of working hard and grinding. Um, you know, you always have to be willing to put in that work and just work as hard as you possibly can, especially from the beginning to make sure that you can get up to speed with everyone. Um, I think those are, those are two really important aspects. Awesome. 
Um, so kind of going off of that, uh, what were some of the initial challenges that you faced um, in the first few months on the job and how did you overcome those? Yeah, so I guess I'd break that down into a few parts. I think number one, um, you know, this is kind of like the first time you're working professionally. Um, being in a professional environment, I think is different from being in a school environment. And number two, I would say like, as you know, Keith was talking about sort of, you know, drinking from a fire hose, you have to learn a lot of things really, really fast. So on, on the first topic, I think it takes some time to get acclimated professionally, like, you know, learn, learn how things work, um, understand, you know, how can you as an analyst best provide value? Um, that's like, I think one thing, one challenge. And I think it takes, you know, a lot of like, um, looking at, you know, what older people are doing and the second year analysts and associates, et cetera, and seeing what they're doing really well and trying to emulate those qualities. Um, number two, in terms of learning a lot, like as, as Keith said, like, you know, there, there's a lot to learn. I think one important thing is to not have an ego about anything you do. You know, if you don't understand something, like admit to yourself, you don't understand it, like research it, like learn as much as you possibly can and ask um, questions. Um, because, you know, I think in the first few months, people have a lot of leeway in terms of like what questions you ask and you know they don't expect you to to know everything per se but like in six months eight months in a year like you know you're expected to to kind of you know 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 a lot more so i think at the beginning not having an ego and really taking ownership of your own like learning experience is really important yeah i'd also say i kind of i think for me some of the biggest challenges included kind of time management um when there are kind of six to ten different tasks in front of you at, at one point in time, it's it's kind of difficult to say, you know, what comes first, what do I prioritize, what's the most important um, thing to do, mainly because when you're new on the job and all of those things seem super important and no one really gives you a, a timeline or a deadline, it's, it's very hard to discern which ones you should really spend the most time on and which ones you need to focus on first. So I think, again, just kind of asking questions and, and not in not in kind of a confrontational way but just in a curious way you know what's the timing on this what's the timeline looking like like when do we think this will be due can i get an estimate on timing something like that um, i think that helps tremendously because otherwise it can be very very overwhelming um when you're drinking from the fire hose at first i'll use that term for the seventh time but it can get very overwhelming um so i think just kind of keeping a running list and making sure that you ask about timing and and know how to prioritize everything uh is huge from the beginning it really keeps the workload a lot more manageable um yeah i think that would, that would be the main thing and, and just uh yeah otherwise echoing what paul said so awesome Great. thank you well, Oh, sorry. Uh, going after that, off of that, what do you guys think was the key for you over your summers or over full time now, working with other associates, VPs, and, and colleagues? And then, uh, in addition to that, what do you think was the key thing that got you that return offer for full time? Yeah. So um, I think number one, um, you know, people talk about it a lot, but it really should be emphasized. It's um, to have a really, you know, good attitude mentality going in. Um, a lot of people, you know, they think they know what investment banking is like, but then they, you know, they, they're on the job and, you know, maybe they don't have a very good attitude about it. So I think like going in with that attitude, like, listen, like I'm going to work really hard this summer. I'm going to learn a ton. I'm going to do everything I can to add value to the team. Um, I think that's the, the most important thing, having good attitude, because no one really like, likes to, you know, work with someone who is complaining all the time, et cetera. It's really good to have, it's really important to have an attitude, good attitude. And I'd say number two, um, you know, I, I think being in, in the mindset of like okay how can i make life easier for people 
like that's really ultimately what's going to get you the, the full-time offer or not um you know if you're you know doing work and it's taking um it's you know giving more work to your analyst and you know causing him like more time that's probably not the best thing but if you're doing something that is saving your analyst time and you know helping the team move forward that's a very very good thing so having the context of my like all right like you know what am i doing like is this going to help the team out is it going to save time and you know what are some pain points um that my analyst is facing right now that i can help tackle and um, help address um to help the entire team move forward so i'd say like that's number two and number three um i think establishing trying to establish relationships with the people you work with um you know it's one thing to just like you know be given a task and like complete it and you know submit it whatever is another to like you know after you submit the task like after you've been working with someone for some time to you know ask to grab coffee ask to grab feedback um and really you know try to you know make yourself better as well as getting to know the people you're working with um because that that goes a long way um because at the end of the day like we're all like you know people and you know it, it's you know uh a profession that requires a lot of, um, you know, relationship developing. Um, so I, I would say those are the three things that I was really concentrating on. Yeah, I think attitude is huge, um, especially when, you know, analysts have been there and they're working at 16 hours a day, whatever it is, you know, they want someone who's going to, you know, pump up the environment a little bit, bring them a little bit of positivity. Um, and just know that, you know, if you're an intern and you're complaining and you've been there for like a month, just know that the analysts have been there doing that for two years. Um, and they've likely been doing a lot more work. So, you know, having having a positive mindset um, is enormous. But I think um, what it comes down to in interviews as well as the internship, which you could argue is kind of just a nine week long, 10 week long interview, um, is that I think there are three main things as well. And one of them is that, are you intelligent? Like, can you pick stuff up quickly? Like I said, like a lot of this stuff you're not gonna know out of college or through your through your clubs or through your guides or whatever, this is just gonna be stuff you're gonna have to pick up on the job. So, you know, are you intelligent? Can you do this work? Can you actually meaningfully, thoughtfully think about things, analyze things and really pick stuff up quickly? Also, um, are you someone that they like? Like, are you someone that they could see themselves working with? You know, that's huge. Like Paul said, this is, this is a, a, a very much relationship driven business and you need pretty pretty solid people skills soft skills um so you know can they see themselves working with you working with you like in the bullpen for like 16 hours a day that's that's huge and also can you do the work so like are you hard working i think one one quote that i like a lot is hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard um and it's just you know are you willing to just put in the hours to grind to pick up that work that you know, no one else is able to do or wants to do, you know, those pain points. Are you able to alleviate that? Are you willing to, you know, put in those extra hours to really be a valuable member of the team? Uh, and I think really, if you meet those three criteria, that's um, you're, you're very far along the way of, of receiving your full-time offer. I will just add two things. I think those were good answers. I will say over the years of seeing this, one is attention to detail. So like the things that you are given, kind of doing them right, checking them, double checking them, making sure, you know, so if something's off, et cetera. And number two, um, I, I would say is if, I think people are super over eager in a lot of cases, but when they're given something, they're immediately hit, hit with like, oh, I don't know what to do. And they kind of go back and ask a lot of questions, which is okay to ask questions, but spending that time upfront to like understand what you're given. I think it's just not enough to just say, hey, I want more work, I want more work. And if someone gives something to you, I think just taking it, absorbing it, and then trying to get a game plan and then asking questions that shows thoughtfulness, I think goes a long way. Yeah, I'll actually jump on that as well. Um, in addition to that, which I really, really agree with 
both of those points. And also, in addition to that, when you receive a task, just taking a second to, to think about how you're going to tackle it before you go back and ask all those questions or whatever. But, you know, sometimes people are overeager and they jump on a task and then they kind of do it incorrectly from the beginning. And then it just makes hours and hours of work later on down the road. I think taking a couple minutes to really plan out what you're going to do and how you're going to tackle a certain task is huge. Um, that's something that like a lot of, at the beginning, a lot of first years and a lot of interns have issues with is because they think, all right, I'm just gonna do it this way. And then they get two hours into it and realize they missed a crucial aspect of the assignment that they really should have considered from the beginning. So taking a little bit of time to plan is, is really big as well. Awesome. Should so we one more on this uh, investment day meeting and then go to the next one? What do you guys think? What do you say? Should we do one more question on the first uh, topic and then go to the next one? Yeah, that sounds good. Sure. Um, so you guys have touched on this um, a little bit, but um, how do you find ways to build that trust? You guys talked a lot about attitude and being eager and taking on that work, but uh, if you could span, expand on a little bit more of like how you gain that extra responsibility and gain the trust of your associates and VPs and deal teams. Um, yeah, I think it really starts from the small stuff. Um, so I guess, you know, as an intern, you're going to be given tasks at the beginning. They're not going to be, you know, like full blown merger models or whatever. They're going to be like smaller tasks. So making sure you get those small things done, right. Um, I think is super important for building a foundation of trust, um, where you get like more and more, you know, work, um, in, in the future. Um, so, you know, even if it's something like very simple, like, Hey, like I want you to build, you know, this slide, um, and format it this way. Or, or hey, can you like turn these comments, you know, like double and triple checking um, if it's um, correct and, you know, asking those questions up front, um, as, as Keith and Kashik mentioned earlier, um, that's really important because if you can't even do the small things right, then people are going to have difficulty trusting you um, with, with the more complicated tasks. So I think it starts from the small stuff. Yeah, I 100% agree with that um, from my side. And I would say just you, you notice as well, just as an intern throughout the summer, you know, as you get staffed on not that much and kind of smaller things, and then you'll know that you're doing something right when you get staffed on more important things and you have more and more work coming at you. Um, so yeah, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, and part of it I think Great. comes to the attitude, so, right? Like a lot of, oh, sorry. Yeah, I just want to add, you know, like a lot, like part of it comes to the attitude. Like if you're given like small tasks, you know, like, you know, don't complain about it. Like, you know, like, everyone starts from, uh, you know, from, from the small things, just taking it as like an opportunity to like demonstrate um, your ability to, you know, to complete tasks and get things done, get them, get things done right. Um, I think is super important. So having that mentality, I think. Yeah, great. So uh, jumping into the career section quickly, and I know both of you touched on this um, briefly in your introductions, but um, why did you choose investment banking as a career um, and what kind of drew, it, uh, drew you to banking? Maybe not necessarily, uh, sophomore year, junior year, but early on when you kind of started thinking about uh, careers in finance in general? Yeah, so I would say um, the path that um, drew me to investment banking, I, I think was very dependent on the internships I did in finance. And then you know, within those internships, like figuring out what I liked and what I wanted more of, and then that led me to my next internship and so on. Um, but speaking from a high level, if you think about it, like in investment banking, you know, as an analyst, you are 22, 23 years old. Um, you, you know, probably don't have, um, you know, 
you don't have like a business degree or anything. You're just fresh out of college. Um, but you get to sit in the same room as really experienced um, in the same room as really experienced bankers and really, really talented management teams, you know, leaders of industry, and you are helping them solve the most interesting and complicated problems. Um, you know, having this type of exposure at such a young age is really something that you don't really get in many other industries. And I think it's um, a very attractive part about investment banking. So you get to learn, you know, a ton about, you know, markets, industries, and companies um, at a very young age. And you get to learn a lot about, you know, how management teams think. Um, this is like high level, I think, the type of exposure you get um, that is super, super appealing about investment banking. Um, in terms of, you know, the specifics, you know, number one, I think it's very, you know, interesting to be able to learn about these industries like upfront and center. You are not looking from afar. You are, you know, actually, you know, part of the play in a way when I'm dealing with these transactions. Um, number two, um, I would say it's, you know, um, on the more like technical side, you build that like fundamental skill set of like evaluation, Excel, financial analysis, modeling, um, and you learn that pretty quickly on the job. And number three, I think um, this is me personally. I think it's really rewarding um, when you are, you know, helping clients solve their their problems. Um, it's super super rewarding to you know be presented with like an issue or you know your your client has some goals and you are the sort of the one that's helping them achieve those goals and you're adding value. Um, you're adding value to you know the company, the people who work at the company, but also maybe important for the industry and for the markets overall. Um, so I would say you know in banking you get this type of exposure that is very difficult to find in other roles at this young of an age. Yeah, I agree with all those points as well. Um, say personally, I went into Ivy, as I alluded to before, kind of it combines some skill sets that I had received from previous internships um, and kind of the, the more favorable aspects of those internships and kind of married, kind of married them in a way that um, was very rewarding for me, I think. Um, it's important, no matter why you personally want to do investment banking, uh, it's important to have a good reason, um, both for the interview, but also just in general for yourself. It's important to know why you want to go into this industry. Um, you know, a lot of people enter it for the wrong reasons and they kind of burn out after a couple of months. So I think it's important to really be interested and passionate about the job and about finance and about what you're doing. Um, and I understand some people like to, uh, to jump ship, go to private equity or hedge funds or whatever. But I think it's important to also, you know, enjoy the work that you're doing while you're doing it and really gain something very, very valuable from it. Um, because I think if you're going in for the right reasons, if you're going in because you're passionate about finance and, you know, you want to do something different every single day and something that's kind of like complex and analytical and marketing and kind of flex all of your different skill sets on a daily basis. Um, I think, I think that's, uh, it's very important to, to think about. Um, but yeah, so I think for me, it's, it's, you know, being on the phone with CEOs and CFOs on a daily basis and talking to management teams is really, really cool, especially as the 20, 23 year old. Um, that's something that you don't really experience in any other job that I can think of, um, like Paul was saying. And I think it's also interesting because uh, I get to do something different on a daily basis. So it could be like building out a pitch or a sim or a teaser or diligence or model or whatever. So like there's always something different and, and you know, um, pro tip when you're networking with someone in investment banking, you might not want to ask what they do on a daily basis because it's always different. The answer will, uh, I can guarantee you will always be, um, 
you know, it varies every single day. <laughs> every day is not the same, um, which is really cool and it makes it very interesting. But um, yeah, other than that, I would, I'd echo what Paul said. Great, thank awesome. you. Well, w whether it's staying in IB or not, could you two touch on kind of the doors that investment banking can open for you, uh, kind of looking at career paths and how students should be prepared for that? Yeah, so I'd say like everyone's different and I can't really speak for, for everyone, but I think, you know, the people who want to do investment banking kind of fall into two buckets. Um, number one, they don't know what they want to do, but they know that investment banking provides optionality. Um, and number two, you know, they go into investment banking, like knowing what they want to do. They, they know, for example, they want to do investment banking or they know they want to, you know, move to, to another role and investment banking will help them achieve that. Um, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I, I think, you know, investment banking provides a lot of optionality, but within investment banking itself, you know, like the role evolves a lot over time. So as, as an analyst, you are mainly responsible for the numbers and analysis. Um, and as you become more and more senior in the role, um, you're more client facing, you're more involved in the relationship building part. So I think that's, you know, a pretty attractive part of, of, the, of the job. Um, but, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but um, investment banking is, you know, a space that um, you know, you, you learn a ton. It does provide optionality as a starting point. Um, I, I think it's an incredibly valuable experience. Yeah, I'd say just uh, practically the most typical um, exit opportunities from investment banking would generally be hedge funds, private equity, or corporate finance. That's generally what I've seen, probably generally what Paul sees, sees as well. Um, but the thing about investment banking is it does that it does provide those fundamentals, those basics, that optionality, so that you can kind of jump to almost anything if you want to. Um, you, I've seen people be, you know, CFOs. I've seen people jump into just random roles, um, you know, quant programs, big four, consulting, whatever they want to do afterwards. So it's, um, I'd say, like traditionally, it's it's usually like private equity, corporate finance hedge funds, but really it could be anything. Um, and it's, uh, it, I think for a lot of the, the big banks, a lot of those exit opportunities are, are pretty similar. There's two questions prior about buy side recruiting and then there's one thing about exit options. Uh, like Keith alluded to, yeah, there's a ton of stuff that's virtually free online for on Elevate where you can hear from people like who were in those paths so obviously you know these guys may not have been gone through it but you know you'll notice what what you'll notice like we, we had we have someone on from like warburg blackstone and all these places and they'll talk through if you're interested right it's 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 all online about their journey so um and then you also see people from other career paths if people have gone and gone to tech companies you know consulting run companies etc so you know we have conversations like that in, on the on the platform if you guys are interested and also obviously the training again i'm gonna plug that that is actually a really good way to get behind the scenes of pe and you'll learn a lot from that as well um but yeah you guys can keep yeah yeah just to go off of kashik's point really quick to um to kind of say something about the mastery training the private equity training as a student who went through it um, and as someone who might be going through this type of recruiting in the next year or two, um, I found that the program was a lot different than anything else I've ever used um, and a lot more kind of telling and, and helpful, you know, speaking with people who are actually in the industry, um, which was very cool. So you, you both kind of briefly mentioned um, a mentorship um, in your last answer. So kind of going off of that, what do you think is the best way to kind of go about maybe organically finding a mentor and somebody who can help uh, you through kind of your career path and help you think through different uh, problems and challenges that you might have? 
Yeah, so, you know, I think mentorship is probably one of the most important things um, that um, that you can you can, you can do, um, you know, both um, trying to, um, you know, going go, both through going through the internship process, um, recruiting process, I mean, and also like for full-time and beyond. Um, and I would say, you know, what, what I tried to do in college was I would, you know, look to people who really inspired me and who I really looked up to and, um, you know, found ways to um, add value to them, you know, whether it's like, oh, like, you know, they um, are interested in this topic. Let's see if I, you know, can provide some research in this topic or, hey, like he's interested in this, like maybe I connect him to, to that person or et cetera. I think it's establishing mentorship relationships is about finding ways to do your part and add value and be a good citizen. And then like naturally, so like, I think, you know, people, people want to help others out. Um, and if you like demonstrate, you know, that you are someone who is, um, you know, willing to provide value from, from your side, um, you're, you know, more willing to find mentorship relationships, um, at least at work, you know, the, the most important thing I think is doing a good job, um, for people. And from there, I think like mentorship, um, opportunities kind of grow organically. Um, I, I think, you know, when, um, you're going through the recruiting process, um, you're going to, you know, meet a ton of people when you are on networking calls. Um, and some of them are going to click more than others, like naturally so. So for those people, like, you know, really try to, you know, um, like stay in touch with them, like update them. Um, cause you know, there are a few people that may just naturally, you know, turn into, turn into your mentors. Yeah, um, I'd echo that as well. I'd say, you know, I think a lot of banks provide a junior mentor and a senior mentor um, during your internship. So those are kind of more formal, structured mentorships. Um, and, you know, they, depending on the person, they'll have different levels of involvement. Like my senior mentor took me out to lunch, you know, every single Friday. Um, we just chatted about whatever. It wasn't work. It was just kind of anything that we wanted to talk about, we did. Um, my junior mentor probably took me out like once once a month for coffee or something like that. You know, we kind of talk more about work and, you know, the next month we'd see each other. So it's it's definitely, there are those work-defined mentorships. And then as far as organic mentor, um, mentorships go, I'd say, yeah, it's it's um, doing good work for people and also just forming relationships with people around the office in general, just from talking to them, whatever. You don't, they don't have to be in your group. They don't have to be your associate or your VP or whatever. They could just be someone that, you know, you might sit near or you might see, like, in the kitchen every now and then and just you know strike up a conversation and i think the big thing is making that ask and saying hey like do you want to get coffee sometime do you want to get lunch sometime do you want to do whatever i think um people in most banks are a lot more receptive to that than you would think especially as when you're starting off you're a little bit intimidated to ask that question but if you make the ask i think a lot of people like paul and i are doing right now like just want to help people out and provide help and guidance and information um, like we're not being paid to be here. So it's, you know, we're, we're here because we want to help out. So I think a lot of people at banks are the same way. It's, it's, they want to help out the younger people because they were in your shoes once and they know that, um, you know, it can be tough and it can be tough to navigate everything. And they, you know, it's, it feels good to help other people out. So there's that aspect as well. Very cool. But moving on for uh, Keith and Paul onto kind of recruiting questions. I think something we've all experienced here and a lot of the younger members or a lot of the younger listeners will experience soon is the advanced timeline 
Um, so for you guys, how do you view that? And what were some successful networking tips that you've seen or deployed yourselves during these types of timelines? Yeah, um, banks are, you know, accelerating their timelines. I don't think all banks are doing this, but definitely some, some banks are. Um, and generally speaking, the trend is towards, you know, earlier rather than later. Um, I think this is a challenge because many freshmen, they don't know what they want to do. But I think if you want to be prepared, you know, start, you know, trying to read up on the industry as soon as you possibly can. Um, but I, I think the, I think what's going to be important uh, moving forward is actually finding like, quote unquote, like informal internships. Um, I think the fact that it's so early now is going to make it difficult um, for people to find, you know, formal internships to have on their resume. By formal internships, I mean like you like, you know, um, apply on the career website or you apply on the company website or whatever. Um, those internship opportunities are pretty difficult to get like as um, a, a freshman or, or sophomore. So I think you have to be proactive in um, reaching out to like cold emailing like companies, cold emailing people using LinkedIn, et cetera, to find like informal opportunities where you can gain that work experience. Um, I think this is going to help people stand out, especially when you know, recruiting is, is so early, um, but it also, you know, provide people context on, is this something I enjoy? Is this what, what I want to do? So that's my first point of advice, you know, finding like informal opportunities. My second point of advice would be to um, start, you know, reaching out to people earlier, um, at least. So I'm on the Harvard recruiting team for GS and, you know, we're even like meeting like freshmen, um, like preliminarily. Um, so, you know, I, I think starting early and reaching out to banks and getting on the radar is super important, especially if, you know, like we're in an environment where, um, like right, right now, for example, like in, in this coronavirus crisis, you know, schools aren't coming on campus. So you have to like actually reach out to them. Um, so I, I think those are probably, you know, two things I would say, like trying to get informal opportunities and just like getting in touch with the banks sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think um, the moderators can can weigh in on, weigh in on this as well, but um, I think it gets it gets kind of crazy uh, recruiting people this early when you don't really know if they're actually gonna be uh, a super, super valuable candidate quite yet, uh, especially freshman year when they've got like a semester of, of grades and, and uh, kind of, as Paul said, informal internship and leadership activity on their resume. Um, but I'd say, yeah, just like it just start reaching out as much as possible. Talk to everyone at different banks, start reaching out, you know, spread a wide net to, to try to just network as much as possible. Um, just like Paul was saying, and also just study up on those technicals, you know, know your stuff earlier, sooner or rather, uh, than later, because you never know when that, um, interview is going to come up. You never know when you're getting to know those technicals. So make sure that you study up on those guides. Um, study up using Elevate, uh, the, the investment banking modules, you know, study up using just all the resources that are, are available available to you so that you can really nail those interviews when they do come and expect that those interviews are going to come sooner rather than later. Um, and just, you know, just be prepared from that technical uh, mindset as well. And also just one, one more point to add on that. Um, I would say, um, just, you know, actually before reaching out to like, all the banks, probably try to reach out to, you know, the people closer to your age bracket. So, you know, people who are going into their junior internships 
or people who have a full-time offer, like reaching out to those people in your school first, and then you know trying to get out your uh, those questions out um, so that you have more context when uh, talking to people currently working at, at at the companies you're recruiting for. I think that's a really important point is just to make sure that you've reached out to upperclassmen and use them as a resource as well, not just the people at the firms you're trying to work at, just because the upperclassmen you can have like a more open and honest dialogue with um, and ask like really any question you want. So I think that's a very productive conversation to have first and then kind of starting to network amongst the firms. Um, and so you guys kind of touched on this, that as a freshman or a sophomore, you might ha have a ton of experience to put on your resume. So um, do you guys have any advice of how to build the best resume and set of experiences? Um, yeah, so I think generally speaking, um, you know, as, as Keith said, right, the, the framework is like, you know, quote unquote, like, are you like intelligent? Do I want to work with you? Um, can you do the job? Um, and um, I, I think, you know, building a resume that kind of tries to fit those criteria, that's like the, the starting point. So specifically what I mean is, you know, number one, like your academic profile, I think is pretty important, you know, work hard in school, like do well in your classes, um, that's a way to, you know, screen candidates really quickly. Um, number two, like it, because it's so early in the process, you probably have more opportunities to develop leadership roles or, or like just like general involvement in clubs on campus. So definitely do that. Um, and, and, you know, try to, you know, I would say like choose a few things, like a few clubs and really commit to it as opposed to doing like a bunch of things and not really committing to any, I would say like, you know, commit to a few so you have more to say on each. Um, and number three, um, in terms of, you know, those, those like informal internship opportunities that I mentioned earlier, like try to get informal internship opportunities. So that's like the, you know, the, the content of what to put on the resume. I, I think when you're actually, you know, drafting out the language, um, I think it's important to, um, you know, highlight um, accomplishments, skill sets, et cetera, that demonstrate the qualities um, that, are gonna be important to um, the, the company you're recruiting for. So as Kaushik said, like attention to detail is something that bankers care a lot about. So like, you know, including language in your resume that, um, you know, demonstrates um, that you've, you know, done things that require a high attention to detail, you know, that's like one example. So that's how I would break it down into like, you know, what to do and then like how to, um, you know, write that down on paper. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd echo all those points as well. I'd say get try to get involved early as a freshman, and I know it's hard to do, but those leadership positions don't always just, they don't just look great on your resume. They also build valuable skills for you. Um, like we were all here, presidents of different clubs, and I'm sure everyone here could attest uh, to the fact that you learn a lot of valuable skills, like, you know, communication, teamwork, all that all that great stuff that, you know, you, you want to be able to display prominently in an interview, especially in investment banking. Um, other than that, yeah, I think uh, we're kind of pushing up against time here, so we might want to go to a the next yeah and quickly actually just to add to that and, one you know you should really you know push to start networking um a lot more and i would say that the three biggest tips that i have um and i've given to underclassmen at Rutgers is that you know when you're networking especially freshman year um the biggest trait to have is curiosity 
right? Um, it's okay to not really uh, know all the ins and outs, you know, just because you've read a few guides, don't pretend like um, you, you know everything there is to know about investment banking. Um, you really wanna come in, you wanna be humble uh, when you're having these conversations, um, but obviously do your homework, right? And uh, make sure you know what you're talking about. You can kind of go back and forth and have a natural conversation uh, and be genuine. Right. Um, make sure you're getting involved in all the finance clubs and, and things as well. But, um, you know, join clubs uh, for activities that you, you're really passionate about. Um, I know some of my best conversations um, through networking were about, you know, pl playing the sport of cricket, which I was very passionate about and still am um, and had nothing to do with finance. So so make sure you're being genuine and and authentic kind of throughout that entire networking process. Um, and quickly, maybe. One thing I'll add, guys, one is also, look, there's a bunch of people on this call who are upperclassmen who are going into internships. So all this stuff we've talked about are full-time jobs have been really helpful. I would also say spend college to figure out if these are the things you guys want to do. You've heard a lot about finance careers on this call, but equally important to like understand why you want to go into things and then do that diligence. Look, we all get it that it, the process is, whether it's for you know banking, whether it's for internships or even buy side, when you get there, I think the key that I, at least I think we all want you guys to walk away with is like do that self-introspection, understand what you like, why you like things, what you know, what you're good at. If you think you like it, then try to get internships and then see if it proves that out. I think that's really important. But once you decide, the process favors those who are prepared, right? So I think you just need to start doing the work to to get on that track. And then and then I think just number three is the relationships. I think networking, especially in today's age, we're gonna hit COVID, we're gonna hit the current market. Um, just building those good relationships with people is paramount because you guys, you know, we'll take you behind the scenes. I've done these when I've gone to schools, like the intro, you know, where we get resumes, we look at, we look at them and be like, Hey, has anyone talked to this person? Does anyone know, you know, what they're all about? And those, you know, talking to upperclassmen, talking to incoming analysts, talking to people on the team really make the difference in those 50, 50 decisions. I've been playing in rooms where we've made, we've last two offers to give out in a super day. You know who knows who and and let's go you know so it's just very you know very you just don't know what's going to move the needle at the end of the day so anyway continue yeah so uh to kind of uh transition a little bit um in terms of and this was obviously brought up a few times already in terms of re recruiting in the current environment obviously there's a lot of uncertainty going on uh with covid and uh you know market volatility uh, what is your advice for underclassmen who are, who are kind of going through the regular recruiting process, reaching out to people and then kind of hit by this and everyone's sent home? Um, what, what, is, what is kind of your advice uh, to those students? Yeah, look, I mean, you know, there, there is uncertainty. Um, I think no one really knows the, the depth of, you know, this, um, of, of this crisis with the virus. Um, and as a result, you know, like frankly, um, you know, companies like we don't know exactly what we're going to do yet when the internship um, programs or full-time recruiting or whatever um, but I, I would say you know right as of now like a lot of companies are um, you know planning on rolling out the internship program as originally planned for um, and regardless I would you know act as if like you know the recruiting process is gonna you know continue as it has in the years past act as if the internship program is going to happen as it has in the years past and prepare um, as you would normally prepare. Um, I mean, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty, but I think, you know, just as Kaushik said in the beginning, do whatever you can do, whatever you can, whatever you have control of. 
Um, with that being said, you know, like at the end of the day, you know, we will like get through this. Um, eventually we'll get through this and companies are going to ramp back up their activity and, you know, banks are going to continue needing to hire people. So like at the end of the day, like, you know, banks are still going to hire. Um, but I would say right now, you know, just stay on top of the process, um, do what you normally would. Um, I think if anything's now more important than ever to reach out to people, um, considering that they're not going to come on campus. Um, but generally that's, that's what I would say. Yeah, I'd cool. say just keep networking um, because you never know and kind of network more than you originally would because companies aren't coming on campus, but also you never know where people are going to end up, where they're going to move to, if they're going to stay at the same bank. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty just kind of around the uh, around the world right now and across the board where no one can really say definitively. Um, but I'd say just keep preparing like you would. Just keep making those phone calls, setting up all more phone calls, not as many coffee chats right now. But um, set, uh, set up this phone calls, you know, study those technicals, study those, use Elevate as a resource, you know, just make sure that you're doing everything that you can control and that you can do to, to prepare for this. Um, and I think just the more people that you know, uh, the better off you'll be when we come out the other side, um, because obviously no one knows how long this is going to be, how severe it's going to be, what the impact is going to be. Um, so it's it, it's big to have those relationships, I, I think. Guys, can I say two things? One is like also people are kind of working from home and their calendars are all over the place. Like I was just talking to like four people this week, right? That that it's been so hard to get everyone's calendar together. Um, my point is once everything kind of goes away, like people, we can go back to normal. Every banker is going to be on the road for the next three months. Like good luck getting, you know, a time to chat with someone, right? So, and everyone's going to be super, and not that people aren't busy now, but just continue to reach out to people and, you know, find time to do that. And I'd say that for everyone, seniors, juniors, sophomores, young professionals, bankers, right? There's people you want to meet kind of now's the time. Again, I, I like to think of things as like an opportunistic kind of glass half full method. So I would kind of say that one thing I'll ask you guys, so like, let's say internships go remote, right? As just as theoretically, like what can you do? What should you do? What is the mindset like? I'm sorry, uh, Houston, I think you were next, but can someone, can you guys like touch on that? Everyone who's done an internship. Um, all right, so if internships go remote, I mean, frankly, I, I have no experience on that front, but I, I would say um, it, it's going to be a lot more difficult to communicate, obviously, but you're going to have to really, really try to communicate. So as we said, you know, like if you are given um, a task, like really like try to understand it because it may be difficult to like reach that person later on or whatever because you're not like physically like in, in the same space. Um, communication is going to be really key, but also I think like you can continue quote unquote coffee chats, but except like, instead of being coffee chats, they're more like like calls, right? So like you know to to catch up with people and ask for feedback, etc. Like that's a quote unquote like coffee chat you can do to to you know to receive valuable feedback to improve yourself, but also to like get to know the people you're working with more. Um, I think well, what I expect is you know if internships go remote um you know generally I, I feel like people are going to know each other less so trying to like fill that gap is going to be you know really instrumental and help you stand out yeah paul and i were talking about this a little bit um it might be a nightmare 
Um, <laughs> I think, you know, getting you all set up with all the systems and everything might be a little, uh, a little more challenging. Um, I think as an intern, it could be, you might get a lot more work. You might get a lot less work. Uh, if people haven't really met you and you're not in their vicinity and they're not talking to you as much and they don't really know, you know, from the chat around the office, how kind of good you are as an intern, you might get a little bit less work. Or, you know, you might be getting the same amount of work, but it takes a little bit longer because you're remote. Things take a little longer, they're a little slower. It takes longer to, to save and do everything. And it's harder to kind of figure through everything when there's not your other analyst sitting right next to you that can just yell over questions too. Um, so I think it'll definitely be interesting for sure. I think kind of taking that intrapersonal aspect out of uh, the internship is, is huge, right? Because that's a huge way that people... Um, that you know the, the bankers you know review you and and kind of you know see how how good you are as an intern because like we we're saying before that likability is a huge aspect um, but it does give you a huge opportunity to also show that you you are very attention to detail focused that you can get stuff done independently without having to ask a ton of questions you can figure stuff out that you have that intelligence can pick stuff up so i think it also is a great opportunity for you um, to really show when you're submitting those deliverables um, that kind of you know what you're doing or how to pick up stuff that you don't know how to do um, but i think it definitely uh would, would be a, i think personally it'd be a little bit more painful than just having an in-person internship yeah just to add on to that something i just realized keith is that you know i think there's actually uh, if internships go remote there's um you know, greater chances that interns will sort of sometimes like, you know, slip away or be, um, you know, like, like when you are on the job, it's pretty easy to like walk by an intern's desk and be like, oh, like, you know, John, can you actually do this, right? Like working remotely, that may slip. So I think it's important to like check in like, hey, like what can I do to help? Like what else can I be working on? Cause that, you know, that may, there's a higher chance of that slipping. All right. Yeah. So a couple, couple of things I'll also note, a really good point. Uh, one is we're two, two, two before, it's, 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 uh, it's, um, it's two minutes to, to three, but, um, or, or two o'clock, but we'll go a few minutes past because there's a lot of questions that have come in. Um, I, will, I will add to that guys, like most, if, if one or two places, banks, consulting firms go remote, probably everyone's gonna go remote. So just kind of think of like, again, like an opportunity, right? Everyone's in the same boat. Like, you know, do your best, kind of communicate, et cetera, but it's not like you're at a disadvantage to other people, you know, right? So I would just kind of go with the flow. Like it is what it is, control what you can control and then try to do your best, but really important to A, communicate, let people know and also ask for stuff and B, check in for feedback. I think that's the other thing that could go by the wayside, right? You get five weeks in and you're like, how am I actually doing like, you know, all this stuff. So banks and consulting firms have to rethink and PE firms have to rethink it, but you guys also should adapt to that. Um, one question I, I've gotten like tons of emails on this, like, can you guys just touch on recruiting in Corona? We talked a little bit about networking, et cetera, but I think people are anxious about kind of what happens, like, you know, whatever you guys can shed light on this again, goes for across the board for those people that are recruiting at this time. Yeah, I would say uh, right now kind of expect that recruiting would happen as normal um, because obviously, like I said, no one knows how long this is gonna go for. If it does go a little bit longer, it drags on a bit longer than expected. Um, I'd say just uh, expect a lot more, uh, maybe Zoom or Skype or GoToMeeting or whatever, a lot of, a lot more like virtual in-person, virtual rather than in-person interviews. 
uh, maybe some more phone calls than in-person interviews. Um, but, you know, a lot of firms now, even if you're too far away and you can't make it to the interview, a lot of them are already using, um, you know, just a virtual kind of like Zoom interviews or whatever, Skype interviews. Um, so I think it already is a practice kind of already in play. I just think it'll gain more, more emphasis and importance, obviously, when you definitely can't meet people in person. Um, but I'd, I'd say just keep, like, like we were saying before, just keep preparing like you have been. Just expect similar timelines. And, you know, I think what the, the big difference will probably be just like, when, like how you end up talking to people and, and how you end up uh, conducting those interviews. I think something important to add is that you might want to do some mock interviews on Zoom or on Skype specifically just to see like how you act and interact through camera versus being in person because it definitely has a different feel and environment to it. Good point. So let's do one quick round. So Houston and you guys can just do the questions we have. We can cover Corona, we can cover the market, and then and then we can wrap it up. Um, so yeah, so just getting away from recruiting as much, but looking at uh, full-time roles, um, how do you think this will affect those of us going into roles uh, this summer? And then also, how has it affected your day-to-day -day professional lives? Yeah, I think it really depends a group by group. I'd say, you know, some groups are probably more quiet and other groups are probably a lot more busy. Um, so it would depend um, group to group. Um, again, it would also really depend on like the virus, impact of the virus, how long it lasts. Um, you know, because that obviously affects um, companies' strategic activity. Um, I think right now it's a little bit too early to tell, but regardless, you know, there, there's there's going to be work to do. Like there's always going to be materials that you can present to clients, advice you can give to clients. Um, and in a day, we are like a client-facing industry. Um, so as much value as we can provide to clients and providing them insights on the markets, industries, and their company, you know, to that extent, that would be very valuable. So there, there's going to be work to do. Um, it may be different depending on the space you're in. If you work in oil and gas, it's probably a lot different than if you work in, I don't know, like internet, um, but there's gonna be work. Yeah, there, there are a couple of different things that I've noticed in my daily life. Uh, I would say, so education, I was on one deal that's currently paused, but you know, everyone is expecting, or a lot of people are expecting kind of a U-shaped recovery. So that means this is gonna kind of hit a lull for a bit and then ramp up pretty quickly. Uh, as this thing kind of passes. Um, so I think, you know, for that deal in particular, right now it's on a pause, but we're expecting in a couple of weeks, maybe a month or two's time, it's gonna pick back up and we'll be back right back where, where we left off. Um, the transportation group that I'm in right now, we just got staffed, or I just got staffed personally on three deals in the last two weeks. Uh, it's extremely hectic and very, very, very busy um, because he's, you know, it's even within transportation, it's, um, it's kind of tough to say if it'll be busy or not, but these companies just happen to serve end markets that are more uh, consumer staples focused and, and pharmaceuticals focused, which is obviously going very, uh, it, it has a lot of demand. Both of those end markets have a lot of demand right now. So those companies wanna sell now. Um, so it definitely depends on, on your group for sure. Um, I've actually found myself a lot more busy right now than I had been uh, pre-coronavirus. Um, but also Steve Wool and I think a lot of banks are also doing a lot more marketing to get out in front of clients. Um, you know, for us, we have a lot of research or a lot of phone calls about COVID-19 hosted by our research analysts in different sectors and stuff like that. Um, so we spend 
some of our time also pushing out marketing materials to our different clients and to our different distribution lists for like transportation logistics or infrastructure or whatever it is. Um, so there's also a lot more of that focus on making sure that our name is in front of clients. I'm sure all the other banks are doing this as well and making sure that um, you know, clients know that we're there for them and that we're providing valuable, valuable advice in this really volatile kind of uncertain, scary period for them. Um, and so that's also becoming like marketing has become a lot more of a focus right now, which is um, kind of a, something that you wouldn't really think about. Um, one thing I will add, um, first of all, obviously, it's a humanitarian crisis as well, which you know, we all understand the magnitude of, et cetera. Um, from a different perspective, like I joined Goldman after right a few a little bit after the last financial crisis. And, you know, in just in terms of um, just just in terms of the amount of learning that I, I got, I, I was very fortunate to work on. We won't get into all this, but like some of the biggest deals that came out of the crisis. So just knowing that, you know, there is a light on the end of the tunnel from a work side, but also, you know, businesses have to reinvent themselves, you know, kind of become better or they will fail, right? So I think there's that strategic emphasis. And also as bankers, you're advising businesses that are doing well, as well as businesses that aren't doing so well. So that's the challenging, like intellectual challenge of this job in that it is constantly a cycle of different types of work environment. And the third thing is obviously on the private equity side, you know, investors like, you know, we're all sitting on a lot of kind of deployable capital. So you will see activity, I think, when it rebounds, you know, to to, to degree, kind of come in from these different angles, from strategic side, from a restructuring side, as well as from uh, buy side, uh, private equity side. So I'll just kind of make that market comment. Maybe we'll do one more question. Uh, you know, I know it's Julia or Jerome Mole, um, but I layered in a lot of the questions we got over email. So I think, you know, kind of that, that was some of the asides here. Sure, I guess just to like close things off, um, uh, maybe in, in terms of like the current environment today or entering the job market in a potentially recessionary environment, just what is the best advice you have to give and, and just advice in general for, for students right now anywhere in this process? Um, I think high level, just make yourself as valuable as you possibly can. Um, I think, you know, in good times and bad, but especially in bad times, if you have really developed your skill sets um, and you become like an invaluable asset to, to the group that you're working for, um, you know, that just makes you like, you know, that much, um, you know, more prepared to deal with recessionary environments. So like really like, you know, hunkering down, you know, digging into the details, like trying to learn as much as you possibly can and develop skill sets that perhaps others um, would not be able, you know, it's difficult for them to, to do. It takes a lot of effort. You know, try, trying to do that and going above and beyond and making yourself valuable is going to, you know, help you um, in any environment, especially a recessionary environment. Yeah, that was uh, my first thought as well, because, you know, I, I just thought we, so we instituted like a new, uh, a new internal uh, system, basically. And so I spent a lot of time getting to know that pretty well. And so now people kind of come to me with questions about that. So there's there's examples like that where um, you want to make sure that you're extremely valuable so that, um, you know, you are at the top of everyone's minds and they need you for certain things that they really can't do and that you need to, and that you need to be there for them for. Um, but, you know, I'd say, just do the best you can. That's all you can do. Like we were saying, like, you know, there's 
it, there are things that you can control and just being the best person and doing the best work that you can possibly do, really grinding it out and really putting forth that 110% effort, giving you your all with that attention to detail, with those hours, with that work that you put in and making sure that you put forth a really, really quality product, um, I think makes it makes it so that you are like at the top of the list, you know, top and top full-time employee, whatever it is, um, the full-time analyst, whatever. So I think, uh, and, and that really helps you in the future and, and gives you a lot more uh, stability for lack of a better term. I think uh, you, if you really enhance the skills and really show that you're a very, very valuable quality member of the team, um, it's, it's huge. As student leaders, what is your, what is the advice you want to leave? lead uh leave everyone with so i think like uh advice i would give now especially for maybe uh sophomores that are trying to ramp up into the process is to again like utilize those underclassmen networks and then also maybe uh, utilize any network you have if you're part of a certain club and really create uh, communication. So like if you hear that a certain firm maybe is starting interviews, you guys can kind of help one another prepare and, and reaching out to those upperclassmen at those firms so that when firms start to get the process rolling that you kind of have the communication lines to know and understand that and be able to tap into it. Um, and then I would say like don't be afraid to reach out to people because like upperclassmen and full-time analysts have been through the process. Um, they know that you need guidance and they want to be mentors and help you so don't be afraid i think like being too eager is better than not being eager enough so uh i would say like continue to reach out to people um and make sure like they like they've already kind of said you're as prepared as possible so that when the ball gets rolling you've got those technicals and behaviorals down pat yeah i i think to add to that and kind of generally speaking, I think really use this time effectively. Um, obviously, you still have schoolwork and everything else going on. Um, but, you know, being home is is very different than than being in school. There's a lot less, you know, that that social aspect, which, you know, on one hand um, isn't great, but on the other hand, probably gives you uh, a lot more time to kind of refocus, take a step back um, and take a look at your preparation and, and kind of your, your career plans and aspirations in general. So, so don't, don't waste this time. I would say use it very proactively, um, you know, read up on the vault guides, you know, watch videos online, you know, joining this type of uh, webinar is a great, uh, great thing to do and, and just keep, keep doing that. And um, it's, it's definitely going to be hard. Um, I know even personally, it's been uh, very difficult for me to, to stick to the same type of routine that I, I would do in school. But um, at the same time, uh, I think it's very important to, to just keep the big picture in mind and, and don't be disheartened by uh, kind of uh, this, this temporary disruption. Yeah, not to sound like a broken record, um, but you're, you, you have to use this time effectively. You never know when the opportunity is going to come. Um, I know for my opportunity uh, in multiple places, it really just came quite quick. And next thing you know, I had a super day uh, later that week. Um, and I think, you know, something that Keith said as well, assume that the interview timelines are going to stay constant. I think for a lot of the smaller banks uh, like Lion Tree too, um, we don't need 30 interns a year uh, like a GS or, or Morgan Stanley. Um, so, you know, those places are going to be looking to pick off some really good candidates. Um, and just really see this as an opportunity also to learn about the market. I think right now we have the opportunity as students, we're probably not uh, generally invested in the market, so we don't feel the pain that others are feeling uh, perhaps at the same time. Um, 
but you know keeping Bloomberg on in the background or reading as many articles as you can I think that's nearly as important for the job interview process as it is to knowing the technicals kind of knowing uh, the ins and outs of markets and understanding how a public company would think about interest rate exposure and things things of that nature awesome read about will... fig read about <laughs> fig now's a great time to learn about fig <laughs> i agree i would take that even a great great plug paul but i think i would take it even once or further read about industries that interest you excite you you know that you can actually learn from you know at the end of the day you got to find jobs and things and industries that you actually get excited about and, and want to learn more about right because anyone can be convinced to spend 16 hours or 12 hours or 10 hours a day doing something but if they don't like it it only lasts for like a month right so i think just kind of developing those interests um in those things the other thing look i'll, I'll end with the same thing i started off with i think control what you can control there's a lot of things that are going on around us right i think just 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 learn um you know build your skills connect with people and you know uh build relationships i think those are an, an experience also super important so you know with that said we're obviously a little bit over time but i i'm amazed at actually uh, the turnout but also all the questions and i think i i, I felt this is very helpful I, I know i hope you guys did as well um and so you know i think we'll probably have more of these and and i'll find other avenues kind of do things like this at this period of time um, uh, like I said, check out Elevate on the website, the training, it's all there, you know, it's access to professionals, all this stuff that is pretty unparalleled. So, you know, I'll plug that one last time. And um, thank you for our panelists. Thank you for our professional speakers, Paul, Keith, and as well as all the student leaders um, for, for being part of this. And thank you for all the guys that showed up today on a Saturday to like do this, right? So, um, so best of luck, everyone. Um, don't hesitate to reach out, I think, to Elevate, at least over email, if you have questions, we'll, we have newsletters and all this stuff. So we'll try to answer as much as possible. And best of luck, stay safe, stay healthy, and um, you know, best of luck for the rest of the year and uh, you know, onward and upward. So thank you guys. Thanks, Kaushik. Thanks, Kaushik. Thanks, Kaushik. Thanks for having us, Kaushik. Got it.